Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. We've made it to Wednesday. It's February 10th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's how we're making you smarter today. 33 states are proposing stricter voting restrictions. Plus, the United Arab Emirates joins the Mars Club. But first, today's one big thing is Trump's impeachment. What day one means for the rest of the trial. Former President Trump's second impeachment trial began yesterday. Axios' Elena Treen was watching from the upstairs of the Senate gallery. Hi, Elena. Hi, Nyla. Elena, I think the most important part of this is the vote that the trial is constitutional and can proceed. And we saw six Republicans join 50 Democrats in saying that. Does this automatically mean those six Republicans may also vote to convict President Trump? It doesn't. Although it is a good indication, it doesn't mean that they will vote to convict. The managers who delivered a very powerful and emotional presentation during their opening arguments, they succeeded in swaying at least one more Republican senator, Senator Bill Cassidy, to vote that the trial is constitutional and should move forward. So that does show that there was some sort of movement and persuasion on behalf of the managers. Elena, you mentioned Senator Cassidy. He's from Louisiana. He said he joined also the vote that the trial should proceed because he thought Trump's defense was, quote, disorganized. What does the way the defense presented yesterday tell us about how they may proceed with this trial? The former president's defense team knows that they don't need to go all out here and convince everyone. They have a very small margin of people that they're looking at. And really, Republicans in general most likely are going to vote to acquit President Trump. So all they really need to do is cross their T's and dot their I's and do enough to allow Republican lawmakers to point to the justification for why they might choose to acquit the president. We saw, as you said, some strong emotion and powerful videos of the events on January 6th. This cannot be our future. This cannot be the future of America. Was this the most powerful that this will get, or do you think we'll expect more of this? I think it was incredibly powerful. Almost every Republican senator I spoke with last night told me that they thought they did a very good job and that it was a very emotional and gripping presentation by the House managers. But they also know that they need to continue to keep this up, not only to sway senators in the room, but also Americans who are watching this on their televisions across America. And so I think we can expect more video, more imagery. The question is whether it'll be enough to pull 17 senators across the line, and it seems like a pretty difficult feat at this point. Axios' Elena Trina is covering impeachment every day for us. Thanks, Elena. Thank you, Nyla. We'll be back in 15 seconds with states moving to restrict voting rights. Welcome back to Axios Today. The 2020 election made it clear that voters of color are key to winning. Black and Asian American voters in Georgia and Latino and Navajo voters in Arizona flipped traditionally red states to blue. Now we're seeing 165 proposals introduced over the last month in 33 states that would restrict voting access to future elections. Axios' race and justice reporter Russell Contreras is here to tell us more about these proposed changes. Russell, what's in these proposals? Well, the proposals run the gamut. I mean, there are some that are looking to restrict access to the ballot. 
There are some that are seeking to limit mail-in ballots. There are some that are looking to implement new voter ID requirements. Basically, they're looking to stop the rise of voters of color going to the polls in record numbers. So those sound like that could apply to any voter. Why are you saying this would affect white people differently than non-white people? Do you have an example? These proposals attempt to do various things. For example, in a place like Arizona, one lawmaker is actually trying to propose that mail-in ballots get notarized before they're counted. Now, if you know the Navajo Nation, not only are there a lack of groceries, not only is there a problem with plumbing and basic water service, you can't get someone to notarize a document anywhere. So these are specifically aimed at communities of color, especially Native American, Latino, and Black voters. Russell, I can hear people objecting to this thinking in their head, well, aren't these laws supposed to make sure there isn't any voter fraud? What are voting rights advocates telling you about that line of thinking? Well, there are some advocates that say, yes, the voting process should be transparent. It should be something that we have confidence in. But at the same time, they say, look, the allegations in the 2020 election that there was voter fraud, they're baseless and they're fueled by racism. They say that any law that attempts to take us back to pre-1965 America, where people of color had a very difficult time getting to the voters booth, that should be rejected outright. Axios race and justice reporter Russell Contreras. You can read more about his reporting at Axios.com. Thanks, Russell. Thank you, Nyla. Yesterday, a spacecraft from the United Arab Emirates made it into orbit around Mars. The improbable UAE mission to the Red Planet means the Arab nation successfully joins the Mars Club. The scientific mission has been dubbed HOPE, which Axios's Miriam Kramer says is really emblematic of what they want this mission to mean for the entire Middle East. So Miriam, how did it go? It was great. <laughs> it was actually one of the smoother Mars orbit insertions that I've watched, and I've watched a few of them. And apart from the science, what do you think this moment means for the UAE? It's a big sort of national moment for the nation. I mean, it, it's now the only the fifth country to orbit something around Mars, which is a pretty elite crew. They did it with this sort of homegrown technology. It's in many ways proof that they are sort of a regional leader as far as technology and science is concerned, basically showing people that like these things can be done, even relatively small countries can do them. And do you think this has broader significance for other Arab nations when we're thinking about the role of technology and scientific advancement in space? I think so. I mean, I, I think that for the UAE, this is meant as an inspiration. The hashtag that they used on Twitter was Arabs to Mars. This mission is called Hope. It went there for the UAE, but in a lot of ways it went there for sort of the region to show like, look, this region has always been a powerhouse of science and technology, and it still is. <laughs> and, you know, here's proof of it with this probe on Mars. For Americans, why do you think this matters? I think that it's proof that space is becoming more available to those who want to reach for it. A couple decades ago, it would have been somewhat unthinkable that a smaller nation would be able to send something on such an ambitious mission like this. And part of that is that the cost of technology has gone down so much that now 
countries that maybe didn't think that they could do this kind of thing are able to do it. And they're able to do it as a homegrown method in the way that the UAE has. Or they can, you know, buy what they need from other countries and import that technology and import that knowledge. So I I think it's something that should be noticed by everybody. (laughs) Miriam Kramer writes the Space Newsletter for Axios. That's it for us today. If you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap. We love feedback. You can always reach our team by emailing podcasts at axios.com, or you can reach out to me directly on Twitter. My handle's at Nyla Boodoo. And if you love the show, we would love it if you could leave us a review. It makes it easier for other people to find us. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.